Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. You know, like our, our sheet masks, I feel like are very innovative. Yeah. Um, but our eye stick is the one that kills it, you know, so. What do you, you're like top rated on Amazon now, by the way, right? Aren't you like one of those like Amazon yeah, choice? Like those little are. stickers are so coveted. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am so excited for you to listen to this week's episode, which is with Jacqueline Oak. She is one of the co-founders of a men's skincare brand called Cardon. Uh, it was founded in 2017. And Jacqueline and I have a really fantastic conversation about breaking down barriers when it comes to gender, when it comes to a crowded and competitive market of men's skincare, and the power of conversation and education when it comes to building a loyal brand audience and building your brand from the ground up. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode with Jacqueline. She has amazing nuggets and takeaways that I was frantically writing down in the middle of the episode. But without further ado, here is Jacqueline Oak. I am joined by Jacqueline Oak, co-founder of Cardon Skincare. Hi, Jacqueline. How's it going? Hi, Preston. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I'm honored to have you on my podcast. And I have to say, before we get into all the fun stuff, you know, I'm like the biggest fan of your brand. And I see all of your products sitting behind you on the shelves. They look great. Yeah, you've been such a great supporter for our brand. And you featured us on like Good Morning America. And you've had our full collection. I know your personal favorite is the cleanser, right? Oh my God, you guys, anyone that's listening, and I'm not a shameless plug person, um, but the Cardon's uh, face wash, the cleanser is, it's really legendary, Jacqueline, I have to say. <laughs> and I've, you know, I have everything under the sun, right? I have like extra cabinets of things. So. Um, oh, yes. I've I- seen your your um, bathroom cabinets on your IG stories. I'm like, oh, this is the goal. <laughs> It's really, it's fun to be a hoarder of all things skincare, but I particularly (laughs) love yours. And I'm so excited to talk to you today because I feel like you are doing such major moves in a, in a market that is really competitive, (laughs) really um, male focused, and it's aggressive. And you guys are, you guys are relatively new. I mean, you're founded in, was it 2017? You founded Cardin with, with, yeah. Yeah, It it like depends on who you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm trying to get all the credit as much as possible, we say 2017, because that's really when Nara and I really started to have like the idea. And that was like our last year of school. Um, But I went full time for Cardon along with Nare the summer of 2019. So I've been hustling full time for two years plus at this point. Yeah, I know how it feels, right? To be wearing multiple hats, juggling ideas and branding. and Yeah, no, you definitely know. I feel like you do 10x what I do. Like I'm just trying to run one brand. You've got your personal (laughs) brand, your home brand, and you're working on access extra. I'm like, and you wake up every morning at like 5 a.m. and do like a shoot for like your workout. What like, time do you get up? What time do you get up? What's, I love to ask people what time they're up in the morning. Um, it varies. It depends on how late I've gone to sleep. Um, but typically between 7.30 and 8 is oh, when I wake early. up. Yeah. That's a nice early rise. I, you know what it is? I find I get so much stuff done when everyone else is asleep. And yeah. It's just kind of my own like private 
time there, but I, you know, I wanted to ask you about, so you sell men's skincare. You are a female, you identify as female, you are your co-founder of females. <laughs> and I think the burning question, um, being a big fan of your brand and a fan of you both, because I really respect both of you as women and as founders and leaders, but how the hell did you decide and what made you decide to say, you know what, we uh, are vets in our respective fields, but we're going into men's skincare. Yeah, I actually, well, thank you so much for saying that. That means so much to me. And actually, this is a question that we get a lot. Like, oh, you're two women. Why did you decide to go into men's skincare? And I usually have like two witty answers, but I'll give you the real answer since you asked. Um, Typically, I'll say like, well, men have skin too. So that makes sense. Um, Or if I'm being very cheeky, I'll say, did you know that the tampon was invented by a man? But no one asked him why he started a tampon company. (laughs) That's actually really interesting. Yeah. but Paradox. The, the, the real answer why we like started in men's skincare was really we saw this need. You know, it stems from Nare growing up in South Korea, where she's surrounded by this culture of men embracing self-care and skincare. It's an expression, just kind of like their fashion, you know, like their skin is that like additional accessory. Um, and then what we're sort of like seeing in the U.S. market is that similar sort of like indicator of, you know, guys are into fashion, they're into hair care, and we feel like the next frontier is going to be skincare. And what we're finding is that, you know, Korea had invested all of this time and R&D and money into creating these great products that are really effective, great for sensitive skin, and really affordable. So basically, we can just sort of like leapfrog all of that and bring it here to the U.S., And I think it's really exciting, like speaking to men, because you have that opportunity where you can really take him from like zero to 100. Like you're starting off on like the baseline of explain to me why I need to wash my face with something and not just water or like my bar of soap is fine when I need to like feel clean. So you have the opportunity to really help educate and then build that sort of like brand loyalty um, and then actually see your customer grow with you. So I love that part of it. That's a really interesting point there about brand loyalty and education, because a Mm -hmm. lot of men, and I get in my DMs all day long, right? Uh, Hey, uh, looking for jeans. I already have a jean, but those look like good jeans. Why do I need another pair of jeans? You know, it's a lot of education for men. Um, whereas my female friends, maybe that are on social notice, like, you know, crazy amounts of traction on swipe up. And it's much more impulsive from fellow female consumers because they're more adept to trying things out and they're more exploratory and there's less education needed. It's more of a trial and error thing. Um, which is interesting because you launched one, your brand, which now is, how many products do you have now? We have eight. Oh my God. That feels like just yesterday you had one. <laughs> that is so true. When we first met, I didn't even have like the face wash that you love. I just had the SPF. We yep. gave you like these samples and like this generic janky like tube. I, was like, I love that, by the way. <laughs> I love that. When we when Jacqueline and I first met everybody, we were sitting at 
it was at ABC Kitchen or something. Yeah, it was yeah. ABC Kitchen. At ABC Kitchen. And I actually, uh, I was so honored to be meeting a founder of a brand and something that was up and coming. And they were giving me samples of the new product in like kind of unmarked, just sample tubes. And it's actually something we do now, Jacqueline, when we're meeting people is that we do the same. It's like, I think it's better to get them in the right hands and just get the brand to the people. And I, I loved, I remember that moment, that branding moment. But you launched with one product. And a lot of questions I get sometimes from fellow um, entrepreneurs or hustlers on social media is this need that they feel like they can't launch their dream business without it being the suite of products, the 10 mm-hmm. button downs, the ten, the full collection of clothes, the, the shoes, the socks, the hat. You launched with one product. I launched with three products. How did you feel that was in building a brand from just one thing, knowing that there's a brand house that has to be built around it? How was that experience for you? I feel like that's so much like what startup life is like. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of it is just like put it out there and see like what, what happens, you know, the market will tell you. For us, you know, we launched the SPF while Nara and I were still working full-time jobs. And we, you know, SPF is really hard to make. So it took 18 months for stability tests to go through all the testing that's required for FDA. And then to even figure out the FDA, like, system took forever. Nara and I like to joke about, we're very, like, smart individuals, but that whole system was like a completely different language. Um, oh my God. I feel you. When we when we were shipping our first products to Bloomingdale's, they sent us like this oh, packet yeah. that I, I might as well have been in another language. It's just not on my wavelength of, of understanding of processing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so we started off with the SPF because we knew that was like where we wanted to start the brand. It was the mm-hmm. biggest gap in the market because men, you know, at least know they need to wear sunscreen to protect mm-hmm. themselves against the sun. Probably heard it from their mom, their girlfriend, friends, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's also the only product that the guy would bring out of the bathroom. So there is more potential to kind of like share that product because mm-hmm. uh, no one remembers to bring sunscreen. And all of the products out there were really like sticky, greasy, left out like white. Like nobody enjoyed sunscreen, you know, but they knew they had to do it. It was like taking medicine. And so that's like where we started. And for us, you know, we didn't really even think of that as like a launch. Like the way that we did it was just sort of like the product was there. I had built out this like website on Squarespace, not even Shopify, you know, on Squarespace because I could just like put that together. And then I just casually like sent out an email to like all my friends and family to be like, hey, like pre-order this. And like (laughs) that was just somehow like our launch. Like in hindsight, everyone was like, you didn't have this like big like brand launch moment, you know? And I was like, oh no, I just like emailed people. And and the craziest thing is the month that I went full-time or a couple months before I went full-time, I started to like reach out to editors. Um, I guessed this editor's email, you know, it's like first name, last name at gmail.com. Ended up getting in touch with him and sending him product. And then May of 20. 17 or 2019, which is the month that I went full time, were featured in GQ as like one of the best SPF moisturizers. And, you know, I just felt like I was just like casually, you know, hustling. But that's sort of like what I feel like the startup life is like. It's all these little moments where you just got to give yourself the best shot. And yeah. then come January, um, shortly after I met you of 2020, you know, we launched much bigger like website, two new products 
thought it was going to be this like huge moment, like the world was going to like recognize yeah. us yeah. and the world was just like, so what, you know, like, oh, cool. <laughs> like this, nobody didn't know. Now it's like another, nobody don't know. <laughs> so I think like I've really learned over the last two years, like building a brand, you know, is all these like little small steps where you can rethink sort of like, what is the experience? What is the product? And it's all these like small things that like reinforce it versus this sort of like big grandiose moment. I think a lot of the misconception maybe like comes from, you know, when I retell the story, you know, depending on who I'm trying to impress, like, yeah, I'm super flashy about it. Yeah. I say like, oh, and then we had this great moment where GQ picked us up, but really, you know, the story is just a, a lot of growth is having the right pieces in place, but it's also a lot of luck and noticing when to like lean into that luck and capitalize on it. It's so, so true. And I think social media, to be honest, and I think this mm-hmm. rise of like mega influencer brands and celebrity brands has trained us to think of all these drops and product launches as this massive blowout, sellout, website crashes, Kylie lip kit, something Navy. Oh my God, we're opening a store because we sold out of stuff. Like, and it's not real in real life, right? Like to those, to your point of the baby milestones, it's like you put it out and sometimes it's like, wait, what? That's it. Like no one's going to come in, like give me balloons and <laughs> and the internet's not going to break, but it is the mile, you know, the GQ milestones and the product development milestones and new packaging. When we got new packaging, it was like, I thought I won the lottery. Yeah. Like that is a milestone in itself, you know, for a small brand. Definitely. It's about sort of like celebrating your own wins. Yeah. Um, And even if like no one in the world really cares, you know, the fact that we launched a new feature or we're really excited about this like new product that's coming out, you know, like our our sheet masks, I feel like are very innovative, Um, but our eye stick is the one that kills it, you know, so. What do you, you're like top rated on Amazon now, by the way, right? Aren't you like one of those like Amazon choice, like those little stickers are so coveted. (laughs) Yeah, last month, I think we got up to like number seven in the whole category, which is just insane. Like in all of Amazon, like not just like men's eye cream for the whole category. Yeah. When you launched the SPF, did you know, because I think you were pretty short, shortly thereafter you launched the other products, you had had a pipeline, I guess, of development that you knew what your next category launches would be. Is that, or or, yeah, okay. So there's no chase there. We have like, we have... uh, like the next two or three years mapped out already. And there's always like things that, you know, ebb and flow, yeah. but we essentially knew after the SPF, we wanted to like build out that essential set mm-hmm. um, with the night cream and the face wash. And then after there, we sort of had, you know, we're always working on maybe like 10 different products, yeah. but the the eye stick was really what the customers were like dying for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I could see like if I were Kylie Jenner and people are dying for my product, I drop it. And then it's like, boom, it was a little bit like that on a very, very small scale of our totally. like, customer base. As soon as we, we launched the iStick, almost like all of our customers purchased it, you know? Amazing. Um, and so like when that demand is really there, uh, it does feel like, you know, that moment we like sold mm-hmm. out in three weeks. Yeah. Wow. Cool. There's such great milestones to have. And, you know, one thing, um, and I know we're on a podcast, so people can't see us quite yet. They can't see what we're talking about, but your packaging and the actual branding of your brand, I think is so innovative. It's so slick and sleek and easy. How did that process come about? The branding of the brand from logo development to your, your beautiful package to, 
to where you are now. What was that process like? Was that you or was it a, an agency? Um, I would have to give Nare credit for all of this because she has that eye. And so our logo, our packaging and our website are all designed by different people. But it was because she has that sort of like sense of design and like unity that they all came together. And so funny story, our, so our brand name is actually named after largest cactus species because there's cactus in all of our products. It's great for soothing shaving irritation. And that's really how we tailor our formulas to men to reduce that irritation. Um, and so we kind of were researching, we knew that like cactus was going to be a big part of our story. And we were researching different cacti names and like Cardon hit. Um, mm -hmm. And then the way that we came up with our logo, I kid you not, was 99 designs. No. Like, yeah, seriously. Seriously. Incredible. So we ran a logo contest and then had a few options. I did a Facebook poll. I was like, yep. oh, which one do people like? And that's how we came up with our logo. And then from there, wow. Nari has a lot of, like, she used to work in grooming. So she worked at Gillette, Olay, and SK2. And SK2 is a very, like, high-end skincare brand. And so she worked with their designer. So we actually use the same designer for our packaging, which is wow. why it looks very, like, elevated. It's got that, like, matte black, sleek, mm -hmm. that, like, cardon gray blue. Um, yep. And it just looks sexy. It looks like something you would want on your you know, bathroom counter, not it's something you hide in the I'm proud cover. of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I like, cause I've got one in the shower and one in my medicine cabinet of the cleanser. And I, I love the way they look out. That's so interesting. I think I'm also in another challenge. A lot of fellow preneurs run into is that they feel that the, the brand DNA from like a packaging logo color palette thing has to be something that's reachable beyond the stars and they can't afford and they can't bring on this cool agency that costs six figures. And I think that's such a great kind of case study. I mean, my, I called a friend of a friend who I know is a talented designer and was like, I need a logo for myself. And it was about reaching out to the right people and just kind of like starting lean. Yeah. I, I mean, there are, of course, like branding agencies that cost like six figures and you just sort of need to think like, what else could that money be put towards? You know, mm -hmm. is this, you know, like the Nike logo was just like put together by a design student. You know, I feel like the, you know, branding is so much more than just like your font, you know, and of course, like the aesthetics matter, but you know, it's like what's inside that bottle and like, how do you make yep. that customer feel when he purchases it or when he has a question about it? And I feel like that's more of like the soul of the brand, you know, not just like mm -hmm. the outside facade. Speaking of the soul of the brand. So you're, you essentially are, I know there's obviously females that love your products because, you know, uh, everyone can use your products, but in communicating to a gender different than your own, do you find that the communication from your brand and from you and from has to, is that a challenge? What does that process look like? Because obviously um, I know how something fits on me and I can easily communicate it to someone else when I'm talking about product, but um, I'm guessing you don't shave your face. So <laughs> maybe um, what, how, what is that process like? Do you bring another man into the picture to, yeah, to help yeah. you craft that narrative? Yeah. So I think it's actually, well, Nari actually says that when she was at Gillette, the best uh, marketing managers were female because yep. you don't just go with your gut instinct. You have to validate all of your assumptions. And that's how we approach our brand. You know, like I don't just like on a whim decide this is what we're going to do. Every step is like 
made, we make sure that that is something the customer wants. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's a benefit to like, you know, collect a lot of data points. We have this group of Cardon insiders, which I really love. I know them all like by name, where they live, (laughs) their shopping, like history. And, you know, they are, they're so like passionate about helping us. And, you know, like when COVID hit, a few of them even reached out to make sure that we were going to make it through the pandemic, which I was just like absurdly like touched by. They're like, I want to make sure my favorite skincare brand makes it through. I was like, yeah. Wow. So, so it is really good because we do listen a lot. I think from the branding perspective or like how I talk about skincare, you know, Nari is truly like the skincare expert. I like to, joke that I'm like the guy in this partnership because (laughs) when we do product testing, she's talking about like, you know, how quickly absorbs and like, what is like the efficacy and like all these like sophisticated things. And I'm like, oh, it smells good. And my face feels soft afterwards. And so I feel like I'm like a good gut check of like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like obviously I know some stuff, but not to like the Korean 10 step level. Right. Um, And And I think also, you know, men have like always sort of like asked women about skincare. And so So true. one of like our earliest memories of forming this brand was actually at school. And we were, you know, Nari sort of had this idea coming into school and we were in our last semester and she was sort of kicking herself like, oh, why haven't I done any like, you know, consumer focus group stuff yet? I've already done like the biggest like hurdle, which was to reach out to Korea's largest skincare manufacturer and get them on board with, you know, creating products for us and like taking a risk to sort of like believe in us. And so I was like, okay, let's do it this weekend. I called over like 10 of my guy friends and over the next like two and a half hours, like to create that safe space where guys can actually ask the questions that they've been dying to ask mm-hmm. was just like a beautiful moment for me. I like really opened my eyes to like how much interest there really is. And also just how much like stigma there is. You know, one guy was just like, you know, I'm not at the gym being like, Hey bro, do you moisturize? But like, they want to ask that question. They want to know like why this or like, what's, what's the point of this and not that. And so that really became the genesis of how we started this brand because we saw not only like, yes, guys are interested and no, there aren't these great products for like an affordable price out there or like a brand that speaks to him. But also, you know, there isn't really that area where guys can go and ask any sort of question. And so early on, that's really what we leaned into. We were like, if you have any any skincare question at all, even when we just had an SPF. Like if you want us to review the ingredients of your other products that you're using, you know, if you have just like any sort of question, you know, that's not like medical related, you (laughs) (laughs) can't give medical advice. Uh, Like you can ask us. And I feel like that really became a part of like how we build our brand, you know, like how we think about our packaging as well. It's like, what's the easiest way to use this? Like our iStick has this like three ball roller, which it's like so soothing. Yeah, spreads like, it on a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> Do you it, use it? I, I like to put it in the fridge mm, after like a long because it just kind of feels like it has these three metal roller balls and it just is like a nice deep puff. It deep puffs on its own, but I think the cold actually yeah. just helps give me more of that like at home spa moment, you know? Yeah. You pop exactly. it out of the fridge. That's amazing. What do you think about, you know, so you were brave enough to make the decision to go into 
beauty, especially into men's skincare. Um, you uh, obviously are not men, but you know, it doesn't matter. You've gone into the men's space, but regardless of what this space is, it's crowded. Um, and as a new baby brand, how do you feel the best? How are you feeling in the breakthrough phase? Like what are some of your biggest challenges in a market that is getting hotter um, and getting more crowded by the minute and there's disruptors and there's legacy brands and how do you kind of carve your path there? Yeah, great question. Well, I think that's also why we started to focus on the men's space because it's less crowded um, Mm -hmm. and less mature. So there's the opportunity for huge growth. And with, you know, an industry like skincare, it isn't like a winner takes all sort of like market, you know, you can have several players. And I actually do like the fact that there are several players because that means we're all sort of like shouldering the education uh, component and Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, it can be costly if it was just me trying to like tell everyone to like use SPF every day, you know, that would be very expensive to try and get that message across. But if all of the brands are trying to create more awareness of skincare, um, that sort of like helps everyone. It's like rising tide lifts all boats. And mm-hmm. then for us, what we really just focus on is like, what do we do best? We're great at making products that people love. And we're great at sort of like building out those like simple routines that work and it's affordable. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're just like leaning into what makes us, you know, Cardon unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what really stands out is the quality of our products that other people can't, can't come close to for this price yeah. point. Your <laughs> products, I mean, the very first product I fell in love with, the quality continues. How is that process in as you move into different categories of your brand, new, you know, from the masks to the night moisturizer to eye cream. What's that like? Is it all, you're obviously not going to divulge trade secrets here, but um, maintaining your brand standard as you expand, what's that process like? Is, is, are you, do you ever feel challenged to be like, it's great, we love it, run with it, or mm, it's not quite where we've been when we launched our heroic product, let's move forward with, bup, bup, bup. how does that yeah. expansion I mean, look? Nari has like insane like quality standards. And there's been like several times where I feel like this product is good enough and like, we just need to get it to market and she'll like wait another two months for another two like iterations because it's not there yet. So I'm very thankful to her um, because she does hold it to that like very high standard. And so everything that we launch is like to the same standard as our initial products. And Nari makes sure of that. I think the other thing is, you know, we produce at a Korean standard, which is much higher than the U.S. standard because there's a lot more ingredients that are blacklisted in Korea that aren't blacklisted here in the U.S. Um, and so our formulas, you know, we don't use any harsh preservatives. So that's why it works for sensitive skin. It works for shaving irritation. And yeah, so I think we, we continue to hold ourselves to that standard. And I think we're always trying to like look for areas to innovate, you know, with mm-hmm. the sheet mask. You know, we had that beard. Um, version oh my God, it's a lifesaver. Like- <laughs> <laughs> because I would buy all these fancy face masks and then they slip off because of my beard. But uh, the Cardin one, guys, it comes in, you can get it in the, the two piece. So if you have a beard like me, you get all the benefits up top, but your beard can just chill out while you watch Netflix. Yeah. And yeah. it comes with that beard oil. The beard which oil, is, yeah. yeah. Which is very, you know, there's not no other product on the market that like has that sort of like duo functionality because actually the skin under your beard is like the hardest to moisturize. 
Um, or like recently we launched these like toner wipes. And so toner is typically like a liquid form that you then need like a cotton pad to put onto your face. Um, and for those who might be new to skincare, the way that toner works is it actually balances your pH level so that you don't over or underproduce oil. Um, and so we created these like pre-soaked wipes that, you know, have all these extra like I, I love to like tell people that like our products actually have like a million benefits that we don't even talk about because we don't want to overwhelm the con- the customer, you know? Well, and so, you, would you feel that way if you were speaking to women though? Do you feel like you need to kind of restrain for the yeah. men? Yeah, you, you would do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like for women, you know, the way that you sort of like talk about skincare because they already have that baseline foundation of what each category or product does, you know, then you start to dive into the ingredients Whereas like a big thing that we started off with was like, we were trying to like tell you all these amazing benefits of like why the clay cleanser is better than charcoal cleansers and like great for oily skin. Um, But I didn't realize like I need to first convince you to use face wash. You're like, wait a minute. These guys might not even be cleaning their face. Let's start with why. (laughs) Yes, they're totally not. Yeah. And so we like, we like rethought that, like what are the building blocks to start with? Um, And so for like the toner, you know, it soothes, it exfoliates. It has this like PHA, like chemical exfoliant. That's like very gentle. It has like Mm -hmm. a rough side, a smooth side. So we really put a lot of thought into like, how can we maximize each product? Like if you're going to use any skincare, it better be like, do five things for you. You know, you're going to go through the effort. Talking about this, you know, when you talk about food and you get hungry (laughs) and talking about this makes me want to go do my whole skincare routine, which I'm probably going to do right after we finish. I'm so excited. Those pads are really great. I love them. (laughs) I have a couple of questions I ask everyone on every episode. One is, do you have a, a big branding failure that at the time you thought was a massive failure that ended up really working in your favor or being kind of a success moment for you? I would say probably our early days when we were running Facebook ads, you know, we kind of like what I was saying, we really dove into like, we, we put a lot of money into this like edutainment, like educational entertainment. And we talked about, you know, why Korean skincare is the best in the world or like why you need clay. But really when we like ran this test of like an ad that I sort of like hacked together with like a stock image of like a sunburned guy and yep. almost like, just don't be this guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that really resonated. So I, I think like that was a great learning experience to realize, okay, I'm not going to speak from the perspective of a brand and what I want you to know, I'm going to flip it and think about you as a consumer. What is it that you need to know to, you know, be convinced to take this step, you know? Mm. And so that sort of like really reframed how we approach our whole business and our whole brand. And that's like often, you know, like within the team, that's like what I'm known for is like, what is the customer going to think of this? Like oftentimes I'll like read an email and be like, and like, I'll get into like the mindset, like, okay, I'm like busy on a Monday. I'm going to get this email. And like, do I care? You know? <laughs> right. Totally. Do I care? Is this helping my life? Yeah. Or am I exactly. hearing the brand talk about themselves? Exactly. And so that was, you know, sort of like the initial like hiccup where we like invested what we thought they wanted to hear and like then reframed it to think about, you know, really what, what is it that they value and what matters to them? let's speak to him at like the level that he's at. 
Facebook ads is a whole beast oh, of a beast. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting deeper and deeper into that right now. And it's, it's wild. Have you started experimenting with TikTok in, in ad, in the ad space? Um, just recently we're yeah. leaning more into it. Like, you know, recently as of like this month, we're, That's what everyone's we're trying talking to about right now. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, one more thing. <laughs> well, you know, like when I first started my career, it was like, I really loved D2C and like a lot of our like direct to consumer brands. And a lot of these brands that like grew, you know, like Warby Parker, or like my old company, MM LaFleur, it was during the time where like Facebook ads was new, you know, and mm-hmm. you were able to find these sort of like opportunities for efficient spend. I think right now Facebook is so saturated, like everyone and their mom and like, you know, Walmart and like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's advertising on it. So it's like, you, you can't find these like opportunities for efficiency anymore. Um, and so I'm excited about TikTok. I think, you know, also, I love your TikToks. <laughs> I do. I oh do. I think they're great. I think you do a great job of explaining benefit with a simplistic understanding of why you need this item and like the little humor in there. I think it's something we've yet to like dabble in as a brand. I do as a human, as a person, but not as a brand. Um, and it's a fun experimenting playground, don't you think? You can kind it of is. just see what works. I mean, I really rely on the team to like tell me what's like fun. They're like, yeah. oh, just dance around and point to random places and then it'll look good at the end. We'll put stuff like, there. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I look like an idiot, but okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I think everything you're doing is really great. And I'm like a huge, huge fan. Thank you so much. Last question I want to ask is, do you have a, a, a brand moment? It could be any brand that, that from any point in your life that kind of lives rent free in your head that you reference some sort of brand moment that popped out to you that made you think or made you pause or made you happy for our brand. Well, yeah, I would, I have to go back to that, like initial, you know, living in my living room, 10 guys drinking beer and pizza and talking about skincare. Like I love that moment so much. And I think that that, that really was like what drove us to define the mission of our brand, you know, to make personal care more accessible, more appealing to everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. men and women. And um, yeah. So I feel like that, that moment always like stays with me. Another one, another one though is um, I have this one customer, Steve, who like, you know, in early days, you know, anyone who chatted in or like wrote in an email, like it was me responding to right. all of them, you yeah. know, and that's I how I was until just until recently. I'd be like, Hey, yep. like I had my like fake name yep. and then I, I like eventually like changed. Uh, I had a fake name that also started with a J, but then I realized I started to accidentally sign my own personal emails with that name. So <laughs> right. I switched it. And so this one guy was, you know, like really skeptical as to like why he needed to use face wash at all. Um, and then you know, I like turned him on to the clay cleanser. Like months later, he writes back saying that, wow, I finally realized what healthy skin feels like. And like, I've not been living, you know, my best skin life, essentially. And I was like, wow, so touched. And then two months later, after that, he like writes this long email about like, what's the difference between like AHAs and BHAs. And like, I was just like, this is, you know, such a perfect example of like, 
you know, someone who comes in super novice, not knowing, and then just giving them the right tools. And it's sort of just being like a gateway where they're like, oh, wow, I've unlocked, you know, so much information about like, I don't have to just like, you know, grit my teeth and like accept the skin that I have, you know, I can actually take care of it. You know, it's like you go to the gym, you're not just like, oh, I'm just gonna like stuff my face with like junk food every day and then be like, it, my body is what it is, you know, like right. it's in your control. Um, and so you were his gateway drug to skincare. Exactly. <laughs> Good for you. That's amazing. I hope many more men get on the same level. <laughs> Me too. Jacqueline, thank you so much for all this fun chat. I'm inspired by you. Um, everyone can find your brand at, um, is it Cardon? at Cardon? Cardon? Yeah. yeah, at Cardon on Instagram. And where our website is cardonformen.com. Cardonformen.com. And on Amazon as the number you know, seven, high ranking, yeah. a number seven in the eye stick. That's a big category, major accomplishment. So um, be sure to check Cardin out. And Jacqueline, thank you again for taking the time. Thank you so much, Preston. It was an absolute pleasure to spend I'll my evening see, with you. I'll see you at the next New York City event. Indeed. <laughs> Bye. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.